morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. I have a cleaning clipboard here, and uh, there's some spaces if you want to come around and help clean up in August or September. And so I'll start right over here. And uh, you know what's really fun is if you invite someone to help you to do it. It's always nice when more than one person does the job. Just thought I should share that. So, and G4 Summit is coming up. Uh, very, very quickly. Next Sunday is the 31st, and uh, we have a big picnic over at the Drillinger's place. We're still doing that, right? Okay, well, if you want to have a barbecue picnic with the Drillinger's, you better let them know you're coming. And so, RSVP, uh, get, did Compton's RSVP? Okay, Compton's RSVP, and right here, right now. So everybody knows, Compton's RSVP, and so there you go. Now you got four. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but also too on the 31st, if you're going to come up to men's camp, I want to hold your, your slot on Thursday evening if you're coming up Thursday evening, or on Friday if you're coming up Friday. So if you'll get me the money, I'll, and it's got to be cash, I'll put it in a little, I promise, I'll put it in a little envelope. <laughs> And uh, I'll put it in the little receptacle. And you'll know that I did it because I will have taken a little tag off of that envelope and put it on your campsite for you. And uh, so anyway, uh, if you would do that, that would be great. Next, next Sunday, if you're coming up to men's camp the following week, you want to give me the money in advance. I'm going to go up there on Wednesday. And Thursday morning, right at the beginning, I'm going to go put the little tags up on people's campsites. So we can all be hanging out together. It should be fun. So uh, let's see. College age moving on to maturity uh, tomorrow night. We're not going to do it all in one evening. We're not going to move to maturity in one evening. That could be painful. Growing pains can be painful. But we're going to continue. Ladies study, I think, is going on this week. Does anybody know? Yes? Okay. Ladies study is going on this week. And Wednesday night's happening at the Kirkpatrick's. Tonight's happening at the Kirkpatrick's. And G4 Summit, Thursday the 4th, starting at 7 o'clock. The preaching will start at 7. we got some really great preachers this year. Very excited about it. And let's see. Happy birthdays. Happy birthdays. Uh, Andrew Compton had a birthday last week. And because he was stuck in Chicago, of all places to be stuck in, uh, I'm glad he didn't go downtown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Detroit. Glad he didn't go downtown. Uh, so anyway, so he's stuck in Chicago, couldn't be here. So we're going to sing you happy birthday. Jacob's working today, and so we'll sing happy birthday to him tonight. So hopefully you can show up at the Kirkpatrick's to sing him a rousing round of happy birthdays. And uh, he's turning uh, 22 on the 27th, so Wednesday evening. And then Liberty Hunter, coming up Tuesday, right? Did I get it right? Okay. So that's very exciting. A little bird, a handsome little bird told me. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> handsome, young little bird. <laughs> so anyway, anybody else have a birthday coming up this week? You're desperate to have somebody sing you happy birthday? No? Whoa, wait a minute. Did we miss Tanya? Tanya, when, when was your birthday? Tanya, when was your birthday? Oh, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. 
Obviously, you snuck right by us. So we're singing to Tanya. All right. So there you go. Tanya's birthday. Are you ready? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. That's good. That's great. Okay, see? God is not only watching, but other people are too, Tanya. So there we go. So we got all the announcements done, all the birthday song. We can move on now? Yes? Yes? Okay. Let me start out by saying the first time I heard that what was going on in the United States and the world was the new normal, I was saying, I don't want it to be the new normal. I don't want it to be the new normal. Did you have that reaction too? It's like, this cannot be normal. And, and I don't know about you, but it, it kind of when the pandemic hit and, and there's every, you know, it seemed like every 30 seconds, there's a new report out. You have to put your mask on a little bit higher. Oh, uh, you have to stand in your head. You have to, and it's like, give me a break. I was a little disoriented. I don't know if you were or not. And then, of course, when 2021 happens, and we have all those wonderful peaceful riots. I mean, I'm sorry, peaceful protests. I, I slipped. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> I was a little disoriented. Okay. I mean, and I, I know that I've been living in Christ for a long time, but when things get a little bit, you know, you get a little disoriented. And then, of course, 2022 happens, and... and uh, Things got a little, whoa, kind of, again, they're still kind of, whoa, with this wonderful economy that we're enjoying right now. And it's not just here. It's really all over the place. In Belarus, it's just horrible. And so with Ukraine. So, so it seems like we've been kind of on this rocky boat for the last few years. I need something stable. I don't know about you, but I need something stable. You know, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and he's going to be the same tomorrow. I don't know about you, but that's called stable. That's called constant. And that's really what we need in our lives. We need the stability and the constancy that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what he said, Jesus said? He said, in this world, eh, you're not going to have peace. This world's always going to be churning upside down. How many would agree with that? Look back in human history. Wherever humans are, there's turmoil. And it started in the very first family. I mean, you would think that the, the startup would have been pretty seamless and not problematic. The startup was a disaster. Man, talk about a dysfunctional family. And man, it's always been that way. Jesus says, but you will have peace in me. Stability. Peace in me. That's why he says, come ye those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. You know what? Stability in life comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what we really need, is a strong faith 
love for Jesus Christ. We can trust him. You know the three cornerstone trust principles? The first one is, is character. If a man or a woman has impeccable character, you can trust them. But there's another part of that triad of stability, and that is competence or ability, capability. Jesus does all things well. Literally, he does all things well. He's a great redeemer. Before that, he was a great creator. And now and forevermore, he's that great sovereign over all. And so now we talk about the third cornerstone trust principle, and that's constancy. Is Jesus a perfect man of integrity? Absolutely. Is Jesus one that does all things well? Absolutely. Now, is Jesus a constant? And the answer is absolutely. But what's he constant at? I was thinking about that and and uh, I looked up the word constant, and here's what I found in the dictionary. To be steadfast in purpose, mission, love, and faithfulness. That was actually in an English dictionary. That's not in the Bible. You say, oh, you're doing something that's not in the Bible? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus is constant in his purpose. He set the purpose on day one. And that purpose is being rolled out even now. His mission has never changed. His mission in this world has never changed. That's the mission right there. Why did I put it on the chalkboard or on the wall? Go therefore and make disciples. This is the mission that Jesus Christ had as we're gonna see. And that's the mission he has given to us. Now talk about love. Is his love constant? His love is constant. We could take a look at the prodigal son. Was the father's love for the prodigal son constant even when that knucklehead walked away? What? Yeah. Because as soon as that boy crested the hill and is walking down the road towards dad's place, woohoo! Dad runs out, gives him a big hug, is kissing on him. I love that picture. That, By the way, that's actually truth. That's what it says. Wow. You know who that was? That was God the Father. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit hugging on that boy because he came back home. His love was constant. The knucklehead boy is the one that didn't have it figured out. But when he did, he comes back home. Dad still loves me. See, so if you fall short, he still loves you. Get back on home. I love that. Fantastic. Now, what about the last thing? Is he faithful? Man, talk about a husband that's rock solid, faithful. It says in the scriptures, and we're going to read it so you know I'm not giving you a fib here. It says, even when we are faithless or we're struggling in our faith, he is faithful because he cannot deny himself. Wow. Talk about stability. I don't know about you, but I need stability, and I'm thankful for it. Oh, you know what I forgot to do? These wonderful encouragements, we'll do them at the end. How's that sound? Don't let me forget. 
because some of these young people did a good job in encouraging. Well, let's jump right in. Jesus is steadfast in purpose. How many of you know 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5? 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. I got it memorized, but I'm going to go there just in case I forget it. Have you ever done that before? You stand up in front of people? I have it memorized. And then you start to say, and you go, oh, oh. Well, here we go. First <laughs> John chapter 1 and verse 5. I even have a big yellow box. <laughs> For me, it was a very important statement. This is the message, really the gospel message. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him... There is no darkness at all. You know what's going to happen tomorrow morning? The sun is going to come up. And you know what's going to happen on Tuesday morning? The sun is going to come up. And you know what's going to happen on Wednesday morning? The sun is going to come up. I am so thankful that God, as we talked about, is that perfect, awesome creator. Because the sun is always up somewhere in the world. Jesus is light. In fact, take a look at that next passage of the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 44. Big John, not little John. Gospel of John and chapter 12, and beginning in verse 44. This is a beautiful passage about the character and the nature of Jesus Christ being our constant. The Gospel of John and chapter 12, and verse 44 through 46. Pretty amazing passage, actually. And Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. I have come as light into the world, so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. In fact, John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. The light is ever-present. If you understand what's being spoken of there, Jesus Christ is always in your life to light the way. I have to share with you that when I was a kid, I was scared of the dark. I mean, I'm really terrified of the dark even today. You want to know why? It's because there's been some cougars spotted around our area more than once. And sometimes we hear these awful blood-curdling screams outside our window at night. Sharon's going, yes. So I go on, and I, get, I forgot to turn the light on outside the shop. Hey, Tika, come, let's go outside. <laughs> it's my dog. <laughs> Cats and dogs don't like each other. I figured that if she's out there, she'll probably run. But at least the, the cat will be looking at her and not me. I'm a bigger morsel of dinner. See, you know what I'm saying? She's just a kind of an appetizer, right? And so, hey, man, I'm telling you what, I'm scared of the dark because of kitty cats. Hey, you should be scared of the spiritual dark because of who dwells there, amen? I don't know about you, but Jesus is the light that will never go out. He's eternal. He's constant. And if you're a Christian, the light is in you. Look at verse chapter uh, uh, 12 and verse uh, 35. So Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, the light I am among you. 
Walk while you have the light, so the darkness will not overtake you like that cougar in the dark. Sorry. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that Jesus is a constant light in my life to help me to know which way to go. I'll tell you what, this world is a crazy, crazy place. Sometimes I get a little perplexed, confused. How is that even possible? All the things I've learned about economics over the years, and none of it's working right now. It's all weird stuff. And so it's important for us to recognize Jesus has got this. And he's a light that's going to show us the way. We just need to hang tight with him. Now, remember, he'll never leave us or forsake us. Look at John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. John chapter 17, Gospel of John. There's an awful lot of light in this book in regards to Jesus. You know, the, the word glorified means to be lit up or to be lighted. We are illuminated when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, enters in us. And it's such a powerful understanding. But notice what Jesus says here. This is what's called the high priestly prayer. This is right before he goes to heaven. And he shares this prayer to it with his father while his apostles are listening. John chapter 17, beginning in verse 1, reading from verses 1 down through verse 5. Jesus spoke these things, lifting up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Even as you have, have given him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Notice Jesus Christ's purpose in this life was to come and to glorify God while he walked the earth. And you know what that actually means? That means he would come and show us what God looks like, how God treats people, how God loves people, how God is going to interface with you. Because as you look at Jesus, what an amazing man. For those guys that thought they were holier than thou, man, he drove right into those guys. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Don't be holier than thou, okay? Just be yourself humble before the Lord Jesus. You know, when the sinners would come, he was so gentle, so compassionate. He understood the struggle of sin. He never sinned himself, but he understood the struggle and the pull and how hard it was to say no to the sin and yes to God. He knew how hard it was. He could understand. He could be sympathetic. He's still that way today. You see, this glory is the character of God and he manifested perfectly. And so it's important for us to understand his purpose was to glorify his father in his words and actions. You know what our purpose is? To glorify Jesus 
in all our words and our actions. Isn't that awesome? The purpose that he had and continues to have is born out in our lives. Oh, by the way, you are Christ's helpmate. Did you know that? We're the bride of Christ. We're helping, we're helping him out. He says, honey, would you go let the world know that I love them? Sure will, dear, no problem, I'll do it. Would you do that today? Well, sure, how about tomorrow? Yep. Will you be, con- yep, you are, so I'm going to be. I don't know about you, but I like the concept of being Christ helpmate. I was bragging on my wife this morning. You weren't here, honey. During Bible class, I was, wasn't I bragging on my wife this morning? Please help me. Please nod. Somebody was listening. Somebody go, whew. I was worried. They're all looking at me like, what? Okay. I, I have become a compassionate man a lot more than what I was. I'm not quite arrived yet like Jesus, but because of my wife. Talk about a sweetheart, a tender heart, a heart that, that is moved by others. And I was just like, oh, I ran him over. Oh, well, let's keep going. That's before I met my wife. Now I'll stop and I'll go and administer first aid. Before it was like somebody else can do that. That's really a bad place to be. And so my wife has been a blessing. She's been my helpmate. So God wants us now to follow in his purpose and be his helpmate by showing people who his father is like, who he is like. So they'll be willing to want to know more about Jesus. Wow, that's awesome. But you know, the second one is good as the first. Jesus has an unchanging mission. His message is from the moment he stepped into this world, he had a mission. He's a mission-minded kind of guy. I like that kind of guy. Take a look, by the way, at Mark chapter 1 and verse 35. Gospel of John chapter Mark. Gospel of Mark? Wow. Wow. (laughs) Read your lesson plan. Don't listen to the preacher. Mark. All right. Mickey, you're going to find something out about me. Is I'm human. And I make mistakes. I'm not that perfect dude that gets it all perfect. I got the Bible verses in the lesson. That's full of the lesson plan. By the way, Mickey's sweet. She's here. She's her her a preacher retired, and we're a little bit closer, so she's checking us out. Sorry, I made a mistake there. Don't don't don't. <laughs> okay, moving on. Mark chapter one, verse thirty-five. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may preach there also. For that is why, or that is what I have come for. What do you suppose Jesus was preaching in those towns? preaching that the weather is going to change and that they need to know? What was he preaching? We know what he was preaching. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel that he's the Christ and that he is establishing his kingdom in the very near future. And only people who will receive Jesus as the Christ can be saved and become his kingdom, become his church. 
You know what his mission was? To seek and save the lost. Look at Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. It's right there. In fact, man, you can't meet, you can't miss this one. Look at Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. Notice what he says here. Um, for the son of man, well, look at verse 9 and 10, because it's about Zacchaeus. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know what his mission is? Is to help people become Christians. That was his mission. That was his only mission. I'm going to glorify God, and in the doing, I'm going to help people be saved. Well, look at the, the very last verse there in point number two. Mark 16, verse 15 and 16. You know, he wants us to follow in his footsteps. Just like his purpose, he wants us to follow, to introduce him to other people by the way we speak and act. Well, here, notice what he says. Just as Jesus went into all the known world and preached the gospel of the kingdom so that people might be saved. Notice what this says. Mark 16, verse 15 and 16. He says in verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, all creatures, humans. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved the gospel shall be condemned. And notice Jesus wanted to preach the gospel of the kingdom, preach the gospel that he was the Messiah so that people might be saved. Notice it says, go therefore and preach the gospel to everybody. And those who believe and are baptized shall be saved. Those who disbelieve, well, they're just going to walk away. I've seen that many a times. But I've also seen people who believed the gospel and were actually immersed in the Christ. You know, it's really interesting. He wants us to share in his purpose, and we do. And he wants us to share in his mission, and we do. I don't know about you, but as his helpmate, as the bride of Christ, as a, are you ready? Christ one, Christian. We get to continue his purpose until the end of the world. We need to continue, we get to continue his mission until the end of the world. Christ is still got a body. That's us. He's got hands. He's got feet with cowboy boots on up here. He's, he's got hearts. He's got voices. He's got emotions to hug people. He's got it all. It's us. I think it's awesome. Now look at the next one. Jesus is devoted in love. You know what the word devoted means? Total commitment. Total commitment. I don't know about you, but I need a total commitment for someone to love me. I'm sure glad my wife does. You know what my wife loves me because she loves God more. There are times when I'm unlovable. I know that's difficult for you to believe, but it's true. And my wife, <laughs> my, my wife, she loves me even when I'm a knucklehead, kind of like God. Why? Because she loves God more than she loves me. That's what I was waiting for. Not just some gal, not just a pretty face. I mean, my wife is beautiful. I'm telling you what, she's gorgeous. But more important, she loves God more than anyone or anything. So I'm safe in her love. 
You know what? God loves me more than anyone or anything. He loves me more than his own son, Jesus. And Jesus loves me more than himself because he came and died for me. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? Didn't Jesus come and die for you? Well, take a look at these scriptures. John chapter 15, verses 12 through 13. Let's go back to that Gospel of John. Gospel of John in chapter 15, verses uh, uh, 12 and 13. <clears throat> Very powerful passage uh, this morning. John chapter 15, verses 13 and 14. I want to make sure I got these. 12 and 13, excuse me. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Did Jesus lay down his life for you? Did Jesus lay down his life for everyone? In fact, how many know in 1 John 3, 16, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay our lives down for each other. Oh, sounds like another helpmate moment. So just as Jesus loved unconditionally, so we are called to do the same. Man, I'm so glad that he loves me no matter what. I've been a knucklehead more than once in my life, and Sharon will attest to that, but that's even, even before I was a Christian, I was a knucklehead. I'm not quite as much as I was before, thank goodness. But let's look at 1 John 4. 1 John, little John, right near the book of Revelation. 1 John chapter 4. I'll tell you what, if you want to know an awful lot about God's love and love for one another, then you go to Gospel of John, chapter 14 and chapter 15, and then you go to 1 John, chapter 4. It's amazing. Look at the verses, verses 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifest in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You know what propitiation means, right? Some of us do. Some of us may have... Heard it before, but have forgotten. I love this one. Who paid the full price for your sin? Christ paid the full price. You had a debt of sin, and he came to this world, took it on himself, hanging on the cross, says, all right, Liberty, I'm doing this for you. Don't you love it? All right? Billy, doing this for you. He did it for each one of us, by the way. He paid the price. Do you have to worry about the lake of fire now? If you're a Christian, do you have to worry about the lake of fire? You don't need to worry. Just keep loving him as he has loved you. Finally, John chapter 13 and verse 1. Big John now. Let's go back to Big John. Trying to get these points laid out here. Obviously, in the Gospels, that's where it's going to a lot of them be. I got this one from Jeff Drillinger. He shared this with me before. And man... I got missile lock on that right away. I love this Bible verse. Are you ready? Now, before the feast of Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come 
that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Do you have a footnote there where it says to the end? I have a little footnote. Eternally. He loved them for eternity. Look at your footnote. Even if he loved me to the end, that's kind of cool because I don't know when my end is going to be, but I know he's going to love me until that. And then he's going to embrace me when I get on the other side. But you know what's really cool to know? He's going to love me and love you throughout eternity. Talk about stability. I don't know if you need stability in that, but God provides that stability in Jesus Christ. Powerful. Well, finally, let's take a look at, at the last point, number four. Jesus is constant in faithfulness. Hebrews 13, verse 5b and following. Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 13. I'll tell you what, I love this passage of scripture. Oh, uh, 5b. 5b, you know what 5b is? It's the last half of the verse. You can look at the first half. The first half says, hey, you know what? Don't love money. Be content with what you got. Could money be a God, by the way? Yes or no? I think money is a huge God for a lot of people. That God will always fail you. If you're invested in the stock market, well, hopefully it'll come back again. See, that money will always fail you, but God won't. God won't go, hey, let's ride the stock market of God. No, it doesn't work that way. God's a constant. See? So that last part there in verse 5, notice what he says. He says, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? And then he goes on and says, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you? Consider the result of their conduct and imitate their faith, because they were faithful. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Even when I'm a knucklehead, you know what? When you're a knucklehead, are you ready for this? You're the one that left him. He didn't leave you. He's just waiting there for you to come back. Did you get that one? Sometimes I feel I'm so far away from God. God's so far. God's never far away from you. <laughs> You're far away from God. Okay? Just make sure that even when you don't love God, he still loves you. And he wants you to come back home. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful for that understanding. I didn't have that understanding before. Say, Well, I want to prove that to you. Take a look at 2 Timothy. This is the one. This is that one I was sharing with you this, earlier uh, today in the sermon. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and, and verse 13. Man, what a beautiful passage of Scripture talking about Jesus it's a trustworthy statement about Jesus Christ. Verse 13, if we are faithless, he... Now, we're talking about we being Christians. I have a question real quick. I'll make it rhetorical, but I want you to answer it in your head. Okay? Have you ever stepped out on Jesus? 
What do I mean by that? Have you ever stepped out on Jesus? When you sin, you're stepping out on Jesus. What if you keep stepping out on Jesus? Man, your faith is struggling, isn't it? What does it say here? If we are faithless, he remains what? Faithful, for he cannot deny himself. You know the beauty of that passage of scripture? That's talking about the love relationship between Christ and the church. That's talking about that marriage relationship between Christ and the church. That's what it's talking about. How many times have I sinned since becoming a Christian? How many times have I been faithless? I'm so thankful he's faithful. Now, should I say, well, guess what? He's always going to be faithful. I'll just do whatever I want to do. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Because you know that boy, the prodigal son? He was feeding pigs. I think he had attached himself to the devil, actually. You look at the spiritual thing. And he was starving to death. What if he would have stayed feeding those pigs instead of coming to his senses? Instead he came to his senses and went back home. If he would have stayed feeding those pigs, he would have died outside of his father's care. That would have been the dumbest move he'd ever done. Spiritually speaking, you know what? Get back home. Be that faithful bride of Christ so he can cleanse you and restore you. Finally, let's close with 1 Thessalonians. He is constantly faithful. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. And uh, this gets me kind of excited. Actually, really excited. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get to heaven. I really can't wait to get to heaven. You know, there's some really cool things about this life. But man, honestly, when you start to kind of peel back the curtain, you realize this thing is ugly. <laughs> this is bad, man. It's like, what did I get myself into? You know, it really is. So the more we see how awesome and constant Jesus is, the more we're drawn to want to go home. Now, I'm going to wait, and I'm not doing anything rash. I'm not going to speed up the process. I'm going to wait for God to decide the time to pull the life support. I'll wait for him, not me, okay? But look at what it says here, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and following. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete, perfect, without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I can't wait for that day when he comes back and he's looking and I'm looking up and he's so excited to come and grab me and take him, take me home. But look at the next verse. This next verse is really amazing. Faithful is he who calls you and he also will bring it to pass. Jesus really wants you home with him. He's coming back for you. Keep on loving him. Keep on being faithful. And you know, brethren, if we take a look at that love, does it say that we're supposed to love one another? Love one another? Love one another? You know, the love one another's is all over the place. 
in John 14 and 15 and 1 John chapter 4. Love one another. Love one another. Hey, we're supposed to continue this loving of the brethren just like Jesus. Huh. And are we supposed to be faithful to one another? Hmm. Sounds like we're supposed to be the constant for him. Brethren, do you realize how absolute, steadfast, constant Jesus is? You don't have to worry about what's going on in the world. He's got you covered. My prayer is, is that we would understand that. And the more we can understand that, the crazier the boat gets, <laughs> the bigger the storm. What? Our peace our steadfastness is found in Jesus Christ and his church, the bride. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for the blessing of knowing that your son Jesus Christ's purpose and his mission and his love and his, unfaith and his faithfulness is unchanging, is constant, steadfast, immovable, and that we are the focus of, of his purpose, mission, love, and faithfulness. How thankful I am, and I know how thankful we are that we have that great hope that is steadfast, absolutely sure, and because we've been secured in your son, Jesus Christ, we praise you. Now we pray that we would go forth and continue his purpose, mission, love, and faithfulness for each other and for those who are not yet his. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Now, before we get all excited, we can get excited about these great words of encouragement. Ryan, your message was great. Ty, there you go. Thanks, Braxton. You're a big help. Mr. Finneman, your steadfastness is a great encouragement. I would agree with that. I love seeing you every Sunday morning, man. You're a great encouragement. I didn't write that, but you are. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Justine, this is one for you. Justine, <laughs> Justine, thank you for investing in your boys' spiritual lives. It's a pleasure to have them in Bible class. Now, before I give that to you, I'm going to tell on Justine. I told on Justine on Sunday night, but now we have a bigger audience. Okay? There was someone that was helping out in Bible class last week and uh that person came and said wow when we came to this one bible verse and we asked one of, of your boys to turn to that bible verse this person expected they wouldn't know where that bible verse was <clears throat> right there and they were like wow that's cool justine that's how it ought to be I'm coming to find out that there's a lot of young people who are in their 20-somethings that can barely read. I'm finding that out. It hurts, it hurts me. Because if they can't read, they can't know God, can they? Wow. Good job, Mom. Good job, Justin. Let's give it up for Justin. Woo! Yeah. Great. All right. Ryan, excellent prayer meditation. I've never seen the, the uh, correlation found in chapters 3 and 4 in Matthew. Great job! Awesome. Let's give it up for Ryan once again. That was awesome. Now let's get all excited. All right, everybody stand up. What did Jesus Christ say to do? He said to... Go! 
Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. Woo! All right, let's go get it done. Let's go get it done. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.